0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, your INFP co-host, and joining me is Tiff, my ISTJ counterpart. Hello. If you have no idea what we're talking about, we just took personality tests and learned a lot about ourselves. But more (laughs) about that later, let's talk about some board games. If you don't know who we are or you forgot where to find us, you can do so on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers, you can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Join us over on the BGG Guild, number 2077. Join the conversation. Find us over on YouTube by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. We have some great videos. Tiff, have you released anything recently?
1: Mm, I put out two more videos. Now I don't remember what they are.
0: I expect you to know what you're making, Tiff.
1: Okay. So I put up two more videos. One uh, is about party games where I talk about wits and wagers. And um, the other one is about playing the bad guy. So games that work where you're you're playing an evil monster. Spoilers, it's about Rampage.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) So it's brightly colored.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's for kids. These are my board of education videos. So
0: give me a break. So that is all over on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. You could also, if you enjoy the content or need to leave us some constructive feedback, find us on our various podcast outlets like iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Leave us a review. You can be like, who who do you think Wombat Nine Two Nine is, Tiff? Uh no! I'm gonna assume that's a he. I think that's a safe guess. Uh, he likes how we discuss games, but he's still very bitter about the tagline contest. I'll tell you that much. you can also find us on places like twitter and instagram including tiffany b's instagram she discovered her name and it is
1: t-i-b-a-h-n it's the same as my board game geek handle i have like six pictures
0: dog stroller pictures are there
1: no dog stroller pictures i haven't taken one yet
0: come on tiff okay get with it you got all all that camera equipment and you got a dog stroller they need to meet yeah okay all right, try. so in case you didn't know, this is broadcast News for July 14th. We are going to jump right in with some news stories, talk about some Kickstarter spotlights, and then chat about what's going on with the league. So without further ado, let's do just that. Do, 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 do. Put in bumper music here.
1: Oh, I think last time I just left in your You did. <laughs> I thought that oh. was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs bumper music when you have these step boys? They'll just sing it.
0: Just sing it all day long. All right. So our first news story is actually a bunch of news stories. I'm going to go through a big old list of new releases and game announcements, Tiff. And we can just see if we are interested in any of them and which ones. Uh, the first one that I have is Power Grid, the card game, coming out from 2F Spiel and Rio Grande Games in the U.S., This is continuing on the trend, the new trend. Remember when we used to make dice versions of games? Now we're making card versions of games.
1: I think there were card versions of games before there were dice versions of games. It's just coming back around.
0: Yeah, it seems to be circling back through. We had, you know, Catan, the card game, and things like that. Uh, San Juan is Puerto Rico, the card game. And now we have the most recent releases of Castles of Burgundy, the card game, which is apparently pretty good. I picked that
1: up. It's only $13.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good steal. I like it. Apparently, it's it's pretty meaty, too. And this is Power Grid, the card game, which will be coming out shortly. I am not a big Power Grid player to begin with, so I don't know if this grabs me.
1: I'm going to have to play Power Grid, the actual board game, before I can even think about this one. My buddy Justin, for, like, an entire year, brought that game to our game night. He learned the rules so well that he, like, made notes about the rules on very specific things, and uh was fully prepared to teach it and we never played it i feel so
0: bad so you've never played it
1: never played it Mm -hmm. he brought it to game night every night for a year and we never played it worst game group ever
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's an interesting game i think ben has a copy i think steve has a copy we played it a couple of times with ben we being me and kel and sometimes with his wife melissa and what i found was i think we hit it too early because it's kind of mean at times like you can I distinctly remember having bad experiences where he just been cut off us Mm. from the entire board like just like you can't go up here now you can't travel with your power stations so I remember getting a little sour on that Uh, but I do I'm interested in getting a hold of it and playing it again because it is a classic like everyone it stood the test of time so I guess people are demanding a card version though
1: Maybe people aren't demanding it, but people will pay for a card version. Yeah. I think that's the important part.
0: Well, so Power Grid, the card game, keep an eye out for that. We'll have more when it finally releases, and maybe we can get a chance to try it out. Some of the other games coming out, uh, Hooch, Hutch, I never know how to pronounce that, the Hooch European sounds publisher. sounds sassy. It does sound sassier. It's got an exclamation point next to it. Uh, they have a couple of games coming out that I was interested in. The first one is continuing the old trend of Viking games. A game called Skybe is coming out, and this is about Vikings building longboats. Looks pretty interesting. And another game that I believe we touched on before that I was... It was in some kind of preview episode for a convention because I was interested in Tatsu, which is an abstract game where you move your little dragon tokens around the board, and you're trying to push each other off and take control of areas, and it has like a backgammon dice roll and movement kind of system. So that looked pretty interesting.
1: It sounds fascinating.
0: Uh, right? Aren't you so excited for an mm-hmm. abstract dice rolling game, Tiff? Yep. I'm glad that Dan could join us, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, some games that you might be more interested in, if you haven't heard, Stronghold Games is the most savvy board game company run by Steven Bonacore. Just around. They have formed another strategic partnership with a European company, this time 2F Spiel. And they will be bringing over all of their new releases outside of Power Grid, because Power Grid, I believe, is in agreement with Rio Grande Games. But uh, everything from 2F Spiel will be coming through Stronghold Games now, and there are two games that they have kind of used to announce the partnership. The first game is Fabled Fruit from Freeman Freeze. That's a lot of Fs. There's a, there's a lot of alliteration in that. Uh, This is a game about, it's a card game about animals living in the forest and trying to collect fruit, and it's being classified as a fable game. That's like the, think like legacy game or deck building game, like fable game is a new style of game from Friedman Freeze that changes incrementally throughout the gameplays, but it's not a legacy game. Um, It's stated that at any point in time you can jump between the different versions of the game. So you're not ripping up anything or stickering anything. You can always go back to the beginning and have kind of that infinite replayability, but it is a game that will change as you play through it.
1: This oh, so cool. it's like a legacy game for, like, neat freaks like me who can't rip up their stuff and yeah. put stickers on it. I it's like a legacy
0: that. game that everyone wants. You know, Thank you. The system that everyone wants. So that's kind of cool. And the other one is Fuji Flush. And you'd be excited, and you're the the little spirit of Dan that also is with you in your recording studio will also He's be excited always in about. my heart. In right <laughs> a Bluxen style card game, Fuji Flush, and it actually has a pretty unique backstory. I read in the news article that Friedman Freeze, under a pseudonym, sent this game out and kind of distributed a prototype of it that was pretty bland. He wanted to see what the impressions of well-known designers and reviewers would think before attaching his name to it and oddly enough the game kind of fell flat people weren't terribly excited about it but now he's kind of come full circle announced that it's his game it's called fuji flush it's a game where you're trying to discard your whole hand through a unique play mechanism and uh, it's got his name attached to it so now we can see whether or not it will get kind of that rise to to infamy
1: I played this.
0: You did? How is it?
1: Um, well...
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a game.
1: It's a game. No, I liked it. I mean, it it does feel like that sort of a Bluxeny style. I don't remember the exact details of everything because it was kind of late in the con. And it was one... I think it might have been one of the last games I played on one day. But... Uh, or it was on Sunday or something like that where my brain wasn't one hundred percent there. But yeah, it was fun. I'm I remember thinking afterwards that I will buy it when it comes out. So yep. there you go.
0: Are you buying it on name alone?
1: Just because of the two Fs, yes. No. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I I you I guess you never know if you're buying it on name alone, right?
0: Well, I guess you well, yeah, I don't know obviously you got to play it. the
1: name makes a difference well but i kind of had a feeling of who the designer was while i sat down to play it because it was called fuji so. flush okay <laughs> <laughs> well so i mean it wasn't the finished game i don't think but yeah it was just like a demo version yeah
0: so those are the two games that uh stronghold announced this partnership with so stay tuned for more i'm sure there will be more along the way Smart. Shout out to Stronghold Games for bringing every game ever and partnering with everyone ever. It's kind of crazy how good smart. he is at this. Super <laughs> smart. He's savvy. Yeah. That's for sure. So next up on the list we have a couple of things from Cosmos and the first is that the final Le- uh, Legend of Andor expansions will be coming out. They'll have a, I think a small character pack and they'll have a more full kind of adventure campaign that'll be coming out. I still have that game and would like to play it on my unplayed stack of shame, so we'll see if I can get to that. A pretty cool game called Luther, which is marking the anniversary of Martin Luther's 95 theses, will be coming out through Cosmos. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, a game that I'm excited for. I still do not have a copy of Targi, but Sad. I know that it is that good, and I need to have it. But we the can play Targhi, it online. we can't. I think you and I. You're the one who introduced it to me. Oh. On BGA, okay. I think. So. Back that must have we been a while ago. <laughs> Before we knew the the distance between our personality types, and we can no longer be friends. Because I can't have. <laughs> I'm you glad we took that test. To. Yeah, just. <laughs> well, there will be an expansion for Targi, and I think this will probably be a pretty hot item. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, maybe it'll come with a reprint because I can get, I can get my hands on Targi finally because it's always out of print. Uh, and then they also have something that I'm interested in. They have three little games that they're calling escape room games, which are basically small box like puzzles that you play with your friends. And they're they're kind of one and done. But I have really kind of jumped into the escape room movement. I think I've done about four of them. I really enjoy the, the puzzle, the time frame, kind of working with your friends. So I'm interested to see how this transitions into board gaming because it seems like a natural fit. Okay. No, you're not a fan of being locked in a room for an hour tiff oh god being forced no. to escape
1: um i don't know it'll be interesting to see what it looks like but all right so i don't have i don't have
0: tiff's attention yet let's keep on going because if there's one thing i know that she loves it's rattle battle grab the loot
1: oh god
0: no okay rattle battle has a new ex- uh scenario expansion that'll be coming out so keep an eye out for that it will introduce some npc characters some different scenarios to play that'll dictate the game rules and things like that uh, you can check that out it's surprising at least to me because i know the reception for rattle battle was not huge i'm surprised that they are releasing an expansion i wonder if they already had it planned
1: i wonder if the expansion fixes the complaints that people had about the game
0: like uh, maybe they're hoping
1: hope. yeah i don't know
0: but i yeah it was mediocre at best uh the old rattle battle so we'll see how that works out i think that's a gen con release now, something that Tiff can actually get behind, how do you feel about the expansion to Shakespeare, Shakespeare Backstage? insta is
1: Insta-buy. how I feel about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: New costumes, new people to hire, things like that. It sounds like not too much in terms of mechanisms being added, but more of the the stuff that you love
1: honestly that's the kind of expansion that i like one that i don't have to like have two rule books out in order to teach yeah and i really want an excuse to get shakespeare to the table again anyway because i i love that game
0: i still have not played it what i don't have a copy dan's got the copy and i never see it you know it gets bare it's not hot anymore it's not the new hotness tiff
1: you just gotta drive an hour to go play it
0: i guess so uh, so more that uh, sounds pretty cool. The Sherlock Holmes new edition has been announced. I guess this is Consulting Detective because it's now under the Space Cowboys label. So you can look forward to that. I'm sure it'll be shinier and more chromey because Space Cowboys does great production on everything they do. Uh, and I know that they have a full lineup of expansions for that, which is cool because that's one of those, kind of like the escape room game. It's, it's like a single solve puzzle kind of thing. And then move on. So more expansions are always better because you get more life out of your game. Uh, something called Little Circuses from IDW that I thought Tiff might be interested in. 45-minute worker placement game with a weird circus theme. Hey-oh. That is guaranteed to always be 40 minutes, no matter the 1 to 7 player count.
1: That's insane. Or I, 1 to 6. I think like circus that. is an untapped theme. I mean, I have Drumroll, which is a good worker placement game. But... Yeah. That should be the next Vikings is Circus is Circus. Are you listening to me, designers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Board game community, rally behind the Circus. Do you want like creepy, uh, like Circus Side freaks? Sideshow. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Give me mm. a sideshow game. I would love that. This is probably not that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is much cuter. This is like much Dumbo,
1: cuter. but less sad.
0: Yeah. Well. And
1: racist
0: yes i i think that's the tagline
1: (laughs) like dumbo but less sad and racist yeah perfect
0: come play little circuses sold Uh, yeah idw is doing great with their marketing another expansion coming out is boss monster crash landing from brotherwise games i still can't get into boss monster i don't like the gameplay Mm -hmm. Uh, but i know a lot of people enjoy it and i do love the art this looks cool it's got that 8-bit 16-bit feel Uh, I just, I can't get behind the game. It's just not something that that fits in my wheelhouse. But an expansion coming for all people who love it.
1: I feel like I like the concept of that art, but when you really look at the art, I'm like, eh, it's okay.
0: As a a video gamer, the rise in the 8 and 16 and, like, old 32-bit games, there's a, I guess it's an easy way to design in terms of video games as opposed to making more complex graphical engines. It drives me insane, like the video game market is flooded with mediocre 18-bit or 16-bit games, and it drives me insane whenever I see it, because I just skip over them. I don't care how great the game is, it's like I'm not playing this.
1: Yeah, well there was a time there with board games where it seemed like everybody was coming out with like retro 16-bit art, but I'm glad that phase is behind us. It's a cool idea, but I don't think it works long term.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm done with it.
1: But it does for Boss Monsters, so good for them. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're do I mean I think that they're doing it the right way. They're packaging everything.
1: It looks good. It's yeah, they've a taken boring, boring game, game, but whatever. In
0: stride. <laughs> <laughs> uh another game on the list of releases, Lotus from Renegade Games. Speaking of artwork, this has the same uh, artist as Tides of Time. Nice. If you can remember those majestic castles. This has a little bit more um like whites and pinks. For this, it's not really a watercolor, but it's got very a very clean, kind of almost Japanese-inspired looking art style. Um, you're trying to build a garden, which is cool. It looks very peaceful. Did you get their Lotus. promo
1: at Origins? Their little packet it. of seeds?
0: No, is that what they had?
1: Yeah, they give you this packet of seeds, and I forget what it was, but uh, when it, if you planted it, when it blooms yeah. is about the time that the game will be. Out. wow <laughs> yeah
0: that's why was that not talked about more that's an amazing promo idea
1: maybe i'm just making this up maybe this is something that happened in my dreams I'm pretty sure that's this so happened.
0: unique that's yeah. so unique
1: i thought it was a really clever idea
0: very cool i like that a lot I'm, I'm sad that i missed it did you plant yours no of course you didn't
1: i would have to go outside to do that
0: <laughs> <laughs> there would be sun involved be i awful. don't
1: leave this office
0: i got you I got you. Uh, another game we've got AEG's releases. They've announced Yeti, which is a push your luck dice game. It's very cute. You're hunting the Yetis. You're a cryptozoologist. And another expansion for Valley of the Kings, which is a game that I only played once and we played incorrectly. But I hear it's a pretty good little deck builder game. I'm interested I wouldn't know. In
1: that. I've never been interested in that game. I don't know why. Because I really love like ancient Egypt as a theme, but. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a card game.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is cool, though. I I enjoyed, even though we played it a little bit incorrectly, I I enjoyed how you score and how you build the deck in that game. It's pretty cool. It's it's cheap enough that maybe I'll just pick it up. Don't tell Dan that I also own it. Uh, And the final game is from our friends over at Grail Games. They have a game called Jeju Island coming out, which has uh, more art talk. It's got really cutesy... It's not anime. What is the style of, like, little Japanese cartoon people? Nah, they're
1: not.
0: Well, they're not, like, cool mini or not chibis, though.
1: Okay, let me look. Oh, this is, like, an actual place. I'm getting a map. I'm getting directions to Korea on my phone.
0: Why didn't you just look it up on BoardGameGeek, Tiff?
1: I don't know.
0: Tiff's going to take a stop in Korea, and she will let you know.
1: I'm just trying to look at this artwork. I got it. I got it. It's loading. My internet's real slow, so it's not for good radio, but okay. I guess I'm not looking at it. Sorry.
0: Hey Tiff. What? Cut this. Cut this. Hey,
1: hey, hey Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Either way, it's got it's got cutesy art. That's the best way I can describe it. It's got tiny little cutesy animated people. And it's set collection and some area movement, like you're bouncing around the island. To collect things. I'm hoping it comes in one of Grail Games' tiny little boxes, because I like their little square boxes. They're pretty cool. But another game to check out. I, I like what Grail Games does in terms of, you know, their small box card games. They did Too Many Cinderellas, and Circus Locati and uh, 101, things like that. They've got a lot of good little titles, and uh, sounds like it'll fit in. So keep an eye out for that. That is... Our full game announcement game release little segment. Lots of stuff coming out now, Tiff. Remember when there weren't so many games?
1: Yeah, well, you know, pre-Gen Con, everybody's got to make their announcements.
0: Yeah, these are all for Gen Con and Spiel and maybe early next year. But most of them you should see before the end of the year. Moving forward, our next piece of news is just some stats on the Origins Game Fair that finally released. Uh, Board Game Geek posted about it, and I just thought it was interesting to see that attendance was up. I forget how low attendance is compared to gen con but it was up from previous years so that was cool and the other piece of information i thought was interesting was the cabs boardroom which is the
1: columbus area board game society thank you
0: which is the columbus (laughs) area board game society uh, game room they run the boardroom you can pay 20 bucks and basically check out games from their little game library all weekend and they have their stats for games that were checked out most so i thought that was pretty cool Tiff, have you looked at this article yet? I haven't. Okay. So, what do you think the most checked out game was from the Cavs War Game Library? It is a 2015 release, I believe. Is it? Oh, yeah. boop!
1: I'm not gonna be good at guessing this at all. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't like to guess. If there's anything we learned about my personality type, <laughs> it's that I really like to be right so guessing isn't really part of my deal so just tell me lay it on i would
0: expect I would expect games like new releases to be checked out more frequently people try them out before they buy them things like that so games like imhotep and quadropolis were up there Uh, the new version of royals animals on board these were all in the running for most checked out but the most checked out game was lanterns the harvest festival
1: oh good for them lanterns is a great game so and it's easy to play so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that like at conventions it seems like you see someone playing a game they're having fun and then you go try to get that game and have that same kind of fun so i could see how that could just spread through the boardroom
0: yeah it's pretty interesting i i'm i, I see lanterns everywhere and rightly so it's a fun game it's best at two though
1: Yes <laughs> I haven't played it at... Wait, have I? I have played it at two. Maybe I've only played it at two. Anyway, two moving is really on.
0: It's really nice. It's got a nice back and forth. Uh, our next second to last piece of news is that, in case you needed to know, uh, Watch It Played Season 6 Indiegogo is up. Rodney Smith is looking to fund, crowdsource his next season of Watch It Played. He does game tutorials. If you don't know who he is, then you should go check out his YouTube channel because he does a lot of good work for the hobby very professionally made things like that I am astounded by how much money that guy's gonna make I'm so sad because I spent too much time in school when I should have spent my time trying to be Canadian and friendly but <laughs> you
1: think it's because he's friendly I, I think th- it's well, because I mean, everybody hates learning the rules to their game
0: that is partially true he also puts out a very good product though yes so he does it's not just he's it's not he's just very his good looks <laughs> It's not just his good looks, although he is just a handsome devil, isn't he? He's
1: got some dimples.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that Indiegogo is up. There are a ton of different promos if you're interested in. I'll let you go over the page and check them out. But a lot of publishers have created unique things uh, for Rodney and his campaign. So if you like Dead of Winter promos or Scythe promos or any kind of interesting stuff, uh, you can get Rodney Smith as a playable Dead of Winter character, and he's dressed like a Mountie. So if you needed a reason to back rodney smith is a mountie uh (laughs) and so our final piece of news is about the dice tower awards which just happened at dice tower con these are for 2015 games so for some reason dice tower is always like a half year behind i don't get how that works but they're talking about games now that we've probably already talked about a bunch but it's still interesting to see what they voted for
1: it, isn't the idea that it gives them a chance to play as many games from the year as possible? Is that how that goes?
0: I th- I think that that's the thought, but they're still playing all the new games too. Oh, like they're not putting off twenty sixteen games to play old games.
1: Well, never mind then.
0: I don't know. Maybe okay. they are. Maybe they're like, hey, you guys can't play Imhotep until Dice Tower Con's over. <laughs> because you need to keep playing stockpile the best small publisher award oh you know isn't oh. that cool that is cool good job for navu games <laughs> guess what the best party game was
1: um code names
0: yeah there you go best artwork went that to wasn't Ashes. a guess do you see no I, it wasn't. that was easy it wasn't best board game components went to blood rage uh that's something that dan had talked about before as well best game from a new designer time stories makes a lot of sense two-player game went to seven wonders duel innovative went to time stories uh best cooperative game and best uh game of the year best game of the year seems weird like there'd be multiple games of the year but that's how they label it those both went to pandemic legacy and the best expansion went to the ticket to ride uh united kingdom and pennsylvania map i actually
1: agree with that it's yeah. a fun map. It's a It adds a really... We've talked to, about Ticket to Ride for like three episodes in a row. How weird is that?
0: Ticket to Ride's killing it. They're doing great. <laughs> They're doing great work. Good for Days of Wonder.
1: None of those award winners surprise me.
0: No, they really don't. I'm not so terribly cool.
1: excited about any of it, but...
0: <laughs> 2015 was a year of like sweeps. There were a couple of games that just kind of took everything.
1: Yes, that is true
0: so all right let's go ahead and transition into kickstarter and we've got a bunch of kickstarter projects but i think some of them are gonna be held off for another kickstarter episode because tiff i need to talk to you about something oh no and i didn't i didn't tell you that this was in the show i mean i put it in the show notes but i didn't tell you i have a situation and i want you to weigh in on it this is some (laughs) board game discussion Okay? okay but it is related to kickstarter
1: Does it have to do with the 20 games you backed last week?
0: It does not have to do with the 20 games I backed. I backed six, I think.
1: Well, I got a lot of notifications. That's all I know.
0: Well, maybe it's not my fault that you keep tabs on my life.
1: I'm going to have to stop being friends with you.
0: Well, we already determined that. Remember the personality test, Tiff?
1: Oh, right. We can't be friends. Go
0: on. All right. So Kickstarter question for you. And this is, I need to preface this with, in no way is this conversation that I'm about to have with you I'm gonna I'm gonna speak in specifics, but in no way is it to call anyone out, is to, you know, hate on anyone, I'm not starting a flame war, I'm not trying to cause a ruckus, I'm literally trying to get your opinion on this.
1: Oh no, now I'm getting nervous.
0: <laughs> no, there's nothing to be nervous about. So basically what happened was I backed Scythe. Remember, I got you an art book. It's coming, it's on its way.
1: I was gonna ask about that art book. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I posted on Friday, Friday was the last day to get shipping notifications without there being an issue. It was like, okay, if at Friday at the end of the day, if you haven't gotten your notification, there has been a problem, contact Jamie Stegmeier from Stonemeyer Games. So I posted on Twitter a joke, a little sad-faced frog guy, and said one day I'll get my shipping notification, and... What resulted was a couple of people commenting, and they were like, oh, wow, you haven't gotten your shipping notification yet. I didn't back, but I already bought my game, and they mentioned two lo- two retail locations they bought from Miniature Market, and they bought from Quickie Games, and already received their collector's edition copies. So two people who didn't back had bought their games from a retailer before I even got my shipping notification for my game.
1: Ouch. Yeah.
0: So I was a little, a little peeved about that and probably didn't do the mature thing and take a breath. I decided oh no. to tag Stonemeyer Games in my tweets and like, why is this happening? Why did this happen? This is kind of weird. And I know there was some discussion about retailers being backers. So miniature Market and quickie games actually backed at a backer level. And the idea is that they are free to do what they want with their games once they receive them. Just like if you backed the game and got your game, you could sell it immediately for $800, and yeah, that's your Dan, prerogative.
1: you can totally yeah. do
0: that. <laughs> so, so I understand that point of like, okay, so Miniature Market in this case is just a, they're just another person. They backed and they can sell their games as they wish. But retail release isn't technically until August, and I was still waiting on my game as a backer. So basically the internet took hold and there was some conversation over, you know, how do we feel about this idea? So what are your thoughts on on people, on non-backers receiving their games before backers, given this specific context?
1: Well, I think it's really easy to have the knee-jerk reaction, and I did. Like, oh, you don't want to see that, because I've been on that side of things where I backed something hadn't quite got it shipped out to me, and then it released, wide release, at Gen Con, and I could have had the game in my hands at Gen Con, but instead I was waiting on a shipment. That's happened to me a couple of times, and it is a little frustrating, but I just got to take a step back. I think everybody should consider that board game publishers need to make money, and if they're selling their games through a retailer, and that retailer is backing the Kickstarter... I mean, they went through the proper channels, yeah, okay, like, a couple of guys got a game before you did. How many Unplayed yeah. games do you have in your collection? That's, yeah. that's the real ultimate question for all of it. <laughs> I mean, you can wait. All, for every single game that I've ever played, there's no game that I needed now. There are times where I felt that way, but mm-hmm. you get over it eventually,
0: Yeah. And I most certainly have. And and talking to people on Twitter, you know, thank you to the people who discussed with me. I I enjoyed having the conversation because it's it's what I need. Like When you're (laughs) feeling that way, you need someone to talk with you, not fight with you. They can disagree, but you need someone to talk with you to like just even you out. Like if I would have sat by myself and no one would have said anything, I would have just stewed. But fortunately, people were like, hey, Matt, you're right, or hey, Matt, you're wrong, and that conversation is like, all right, this levels me out. So I appreciated that. It just was, and I completely agree, it was never a matter of, like, exclusivity. It was never, like, I want my game. It Mm -hmm. was more just the idea that I put up the money up front and I still haven't gotten my product and not even treating it like a pre-order service. Like, I backed with the intention of supporting the project, but these people who did not support the project have managed to reap the benefits of my money before me, I guess. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, so it interesting. it's it's definitely a little annoying, and I can yeah. definitely understand not being super pleased with it. But yeah. I don't know. You're you're. Did they have to pay more for it? Because if miniature market,
0: the I think that miniature market. I, I checked some prices, and they were selling it for below retail, but I think they were selling it for slightly more than the Kickstarter. So, I mean, I, I accept that, that, I mean, that the they were getting it at an increased price but a decreased price. It was kind of like in between. Because um, that's they, how I
1: got my Euphoria Deluxe can, uh, Edition, was through Miniature Market. And, yeah. But I paid more for it than the Kickstarter backers. Yeah, yeah. So, So. I don't know. Yeah. And
0: again, not trying to start anything. And I think that Jamie Stegmaier, he contacted me through Twitter. We discussed about it and he defended his point and I defended my point, And we just kind of ended in a civil disagreement. I'm not expecting anyone to to agree with me, but he was very courteous. He there was no issue with that. So I'm not trying to draw attention negatively towards his company. I think that he stood by his word and he's clearly doing things the right way when it comes to kickstarter it was just it rubbed me the wrong way you know that was all it was
1: and i mean the thing about it is when you're dealing with these larger kickstarter projects i, th- I think that's the problem when it gets to running your whole entire publishing stuff through kickstarter is because you you become more popular and you have these huge projects and then not everything's going out at this there's like a huge timetable and there's a huge difference yeah, between yeah. when one person is getting a game and another whereas if it's like this tiny mom and pop and I have everything in my kitchen you know yeah, yeah. then then I'm mailing everything out on the same day and it's more or less getting there within a day or two whereas these bigger projects can have like a week or two difference and in the grand scheme of things it really doesn't matter but when you're sitting there on Twitter and you're watching someone play the game that you backed <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It can be rough. So I can see both sides of it, but it kind of just depends on why you're becoming a backer. Do you want to yeah. support the game? Is that your primary thing? Or are you someone who's in it for exclusives and getting things faster? I don't know. It, it can go either way.
0: So that's my quick my Kickstarter question of the day. <sighs> I did it. You made it through. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Life goes on, and I'll have Scythe and I'll annoy all of our listeners with talk about it. Next week, probably. But seriously, so, I want that book. Yeah. Oh no, it's coming. I want my book too. Come
1: on, Jamie Stegmaier. So, Just kidding. Yeah.
0: You should be on my <laughs> side, Tiff, because. <laughs>
1: right. It's my it's book. up your book. That holds. The, that's <laughs> in the balance. Yeah. It
0: will be here on Friday. So, all right, let's talk about some Kickstarter projects quickly. <laughs> uh, the first one that I want to talk about is Crisis. Have you taken a look at Crisis? Yes. This is from Luda Creations. It'll be ending on August 30th, and it has funded the cost for the project. And somebody pointed out, and I couldn't find out who pointed it out to me, or maybe it came to me in a dream, that we should be including shipping prices. So I appreciate somebody pointing that out in terms of I wasn't always including shipping, and that's a big deal. Sometimes games are like 30 bucks, but $20 shipping. So I'll try to include that when I have that information. So Crisis for the basic version is 39 bucks. For the deluxe edition, which improves the piece quality and the tokens and things like that, you get some wooden bits. That's going to be fifty-four bucks, but it might be fifty-nine bucks depending on when you're hearing this, because there is a pledge level that's about to lock, and it'll jump up five bucks. And then the shipping cost is five dollars for the U.S. So factor that into your cost. Uh, what Crisis actually is is this like dystopian worker placement kind of game and that sound is that up your alley tiff
1: yeah i mean we were just talking about euphoria so yeah i like dystopia
0: how and how amazing euphoria is it's great so
1: good but so
0: (laughs) one of the things that i noticed about this project though is that there's not a lot of content in terms of the game now they do have their rules posted and i started to read through those Uh, and they do have it's available on vassal and on tabletopia But other than that, you can watch some rules, some reviews and things like that, but they don't describe their gameplay that well.
1: Well, I did watch a couple of the reviews, so you can definitely get a good feel for the game because some of them are quite in-depth about okay. how, with how the mechanics work so you can get a better feel of it. I wrote some notes down here, but I I have to say the the award for most dramatic kickstarter video about a worker placement game goes right? to Crisis. <laughs> Good grief. But but yeah, it, it seems like a worker placement game that's a little bit deeper. There are a lot of different pieces and parts that are going on because you're like managing companies and things like that. You're recruiting workers and there are all these different types of workers with different skill levels that you can get and you add those to your companies and that's how you get VP. That seems to be the basic part of the game. Yeah. But there are different things on top of it. Like there's a track... I think it's the financial status track, and it moves up and down based on some criteria, some round things that you have to meet, and it affects the game state a little bit. There are event cards that it affects, so there are different levels of difficulty, and if that track is in the red, you're going to get these super hard cards. There are... Oh, everyone can lose this game. It's It's not cooperative, but... If you, uh, Axia can go bankrupt and everybody loses if that happens. So... It really encourages some interaction between the players because if someone is not able to get the things they need to reach, I can't remember what these are called, but they're like round goals that affect the game. Mm -hmm. If they can't get them, then the whole thing can go bankrupt and everybody loses. So I imagine it encourages some negotiation, like, please don't go there because if you don't, or if you do, then I'm not going to be able to get this thing and the whole game is going to end right now.
0: Yeah. And we're all gonna die. I mean, lose. Yeah, I think overall it it looks pretty interesting. I like the I like the theme behind it, and I think that like it's dystopian sci-fi, but it's got that business, that finance kind of management within it, so it doesn't feel Dan Dan wouldn't feel too uncomfortable here.
1: No, I don't think it's so. It's not
0: overly thematic.
1: <laughs> but you know what the 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 types of spaces in there have some really high reward spaces with negative effects, kind of like corruption-y stuff if you're talking Lords of Waterdeep, which I always am. It kind yes. of reminds me <laughs> of the add-on board for Lords of Waterdeep. So, there are, you can take a loan and get $7, or no, $10, but it costs you a victory point and you pay interest on it till you pay it mm-hmm. off. So, there are some uh, different spots in there where you can get big things, but you're going to pay hey, for them so yeah. i don't know it, it i mean it seems thematic that way where you know it wouldn't be easy to live in a dystopian future it's not just like i put my worker here and i get things and everything's happy i put my worker yeah. here and i'm tortured for the rest of the game And i'm
0: paying for it yeah so it is super interesting i also like the idea that this is estimated delivery of november because not a lot do you, not a lot of times do you back a project and have it delivered in the same year
1: that's a quick turnaround but Luda Creations is pretty good with that just from yep. the games that i've backed with them so i i believe them when they say that they'll get it there in november
0: i'm keeping it on reminder i'm interested
1: i don't think this is one for me just because it seems really open and there's interaction all, there seems like there'd be a good amount of interaction and one of the reviews i said or one of the reveals i watched said if you don't replay games this is not a good one for you
0: (laughs) interesting there's
1: a lot to dive into apparently
0: that's good to know so that is crisis from ludic creations ending on august 30th check it out looks pretty cool our next project is ascrius from studio 4am this is a company in new zealand so Everything's in New Zealand dollars, just know that, but they do the conversions to U.S., so when I'm speaking about cost, it'll be in U.S. dollars. It'll be ending on August 8th. It's almost to its funding level. It's about 80% there. Uh, It will cost $57 U.S. for the two-player version. You can get these add-on decks that make it four-player version. That'll run you about $89, and shipping, since it is coming from New Zealand, is $20, so keep that in mind. Now, the reason why I picked this project is, one, I think it's sometimes good to pick projects from elsewhere. It's not all cool mini on Kickstarter, right? And well, two, it shouldn't th-
1: be, in my opinion, well. but you
0: know that. <laughs> but uh, this is a small resurgence of the dice crafting system that we saw in Rattlebones, to some extent. And yes. I was always wondering who is going to do something with this dice crafting system. Ascrius is a game, it's an adventure game, kind of. Uh, It's not really a dungeon crawl, but it is like a fantasy-based combat and questing game where you use modular dice and modular dice faces to increase your equipment and your access to, like, spells and abilities, and you'll be rolling these dice and improving these dice throughout the game as you go on adventures. So the, the main reason that I grabbed this project is because here's that dice system in action in a what seems to be a more full game because i know rattlebones didn't quite satisfy in terms of gameplay Ugh, uh, so rattlebones yeah it was so bad but a clever system could be an entire new subset of games uh, and it didn't really evolve from rattlebones like i was expecting it to but now we have ascrius on kickstarter the game itself in terms of questing, you've got, you know, quest cards and different locations that you'll travel to. You'll be rolling your dice to activate different abilities and different equipment, and it's got a unique uh, combat system where enemies are all grouped together, and they roll uh, standard like stock dice to all activate as a group, so you don't have to worry about micromanaging individual enemies. Um, you'll gather treasure and things like that. and. I think that one of the standouts for this game though is also commenting on the dice crafting system is cost because this game is pricey for what you're getting. And I think that it solely factors into the amount of plastic you have to create for a dice crafting game and the weight to ship it because this game includes over 100 little plastic dice sides and that gets pricey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely time for someone to come up with a system for these dice. And they have them, they have just like the blank ones at BoardGameGeek, so I'm surprised that more designers aren't using those and jumping out. Maybe they are, but uh, jumping on that and creating a system. This system looks interesting for an adventure game. I just worry that the Kickstarter page and the graphic design of it is not quite up to what most board gamers are used to when you talk about Cool Mini or any other Kickstarter project you have a certain expectation. The artwork looks really good, but the graphic design isn't very pretty or clean and there's no Kickstarter video, which is kind of a red flag for me a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is shady or anything like that, but you you expect to have that little introduction video. And it's not quite there. There are really in-depth gameplay videos. So you can definitely get a good feel for the game. And if you liked it. And I actually watched most of them. (laughs) Because I think it really is interesting how you use these dice to... You add these different types of shards. And they can be damage shards and Mm
0: -hmm. magic
1: ones to do these different effects with your gear. But... I don't know. It's not as pretty as we're used to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is something that stands out. But in terms of unique projects, I think that it's it's something to check out, uh, even if you're just interested in seeing how this system can be implemented outside of Rattlebones. Uh, something that's like I said, the main draw for me. I don't know that it's something that I'll back. I don't think that it holds my attention that much. But I'm always excited to see, you know, unique design space, and I think that that's what this exemplifies.
1: Yeah, I think. I think it's a good project. I mean, it's definitely an interesting project. It's one to check out. One thing I was going to mention is you said that when you're um, doing combat, that your bad guys have D6s. And they do, but I just wanted to point out that those are going to be custom dice in the game. They're not just standard D6s. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry. I didn't mean to... So when you're paying that, that huge cost, that there there are custom dice, there are also these modular dice, which aren't the same design as the Rattlebones dice?
0: No, they're not. It's different technology, so, it looks like.
1: There's a lot of thought that went into this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. So check it out. That's Ascrius from Studio 4AM, ending on August 8th. Uh, the last project that we're going to go a little bit more in depth with before we go to some quick previews is the Game Night Bags from John Rott. These will be ending on July 17th. It has funded. And in terms of cost, there's a couple different levels. Uh, you can get one for 12 bucks. You can get two or more for, I believe, eight, and three or more for seven bucks a piece. Now, what these are are if you've ever been to a convention or you've ever bought from, you know, directly from a booth, something like that, you get those lightweight canvas bags. They're almost like the the grocery reusable grocery bags too. They're basically those lightweight canvas bags, uh, rectangular. They hold, these hold up to four or five games apiece, as the pitch says, 35-pound capacity. And the reason why these exist is because, one, accessories are always fun. And two, what John has done is he's created some cool designs on them. So they come in multiple colors. They have a couple of different uh, decals that can be on there, including you know, meeples throwing components up in the air that are nicely designed and colorful. He's got a couple cool designs where, uh, like a stack of games and they're all popular titles, but they have different titles on them. So like Plegacy and things like that. So you can check those out. And what I find cool about the project is one, an August delivery. So he's really turning these around quick. Uh, he's also, as he's unlocking stretch goals, allowing the community to vote on what the next kind of design is going to be, which is cool. He's got a couple, like, stock ones, and he says pick one, so you get to vote and have some influence on what can be available. And this is where Kel and I differ, because, you know, I've got a wife now. I need to tell people where I'm spending my money. She thinks that these are a little pricey for what they are, you know, seven, eight, nine bucks a piece. But I like custom stuff, and I think that in the wave of... 130, $170 custom bags, it's nice to see a cheaper alternative. And I use those little blue cool stuff bags all the time. So if this is anything like that, I'll pay seven bucks for a cool one with a decal. I think that that's neat.
1: Well, that's what I want to know. How do they compare to the Cool Stuff bags? It says they're, you know, reinforced and and made for a heavy capacity. I don't know what the capacity of my Cool Stuff bag is, but I get those for free when I buy games. I don't know. I can see your point on it. These are neat. They, uh, you know, you're not advertising for cool stuff ink when you carry one around it just says game night bag on it and that the yeah. designs are cute but eh.
0: i thought you'd be all over this <laughs> tiff
1: <laughs> uh, i like how we're getting in depth about a get a, a bag kickstarter and it's just well, like a it's a shopping bag yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I can see. I just want to see what these look like. I'll probably go to their booth because they have one at Gen Con. You can get these games, yeah. you know, or these bags for Gen Con pickup. So I might go and check one out. And I just want to. I guess I could take a tape measure and and see if there's a difference between the standard shopping bags that we get when we buy games at conventions. Um, maybe if you don't have those, this would be a good thing.
0: Now I this says know. that they can hold four to five big box games. And I know that the Cool Stuff one that I has can only hold, I think, a max three or four.
1: That's probably right. Man, I don't know if I want to carry around 35 pounds of games, but I guess it's good that they make a game where you can, because I see people doing that all the time at conventions. Yeah, well, that's the other thing.
0: Remember, Dan, we talked about (laughs) Dan has um, one of the bags that we featured previously that were on Kickstarter, and it is great. It can hold five or six games, big box games. Has all this carrying capacity, but what I never think to consider is do I want to be carrying around thirty five pounds worth of games in my bag.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know the thing about that game that bag, which is different from this one, is that bag in itself is a little heavy because it has all the padding. Yeah. I mean that's for that's for freaks like me who really worry about those corners. But this is a lighter and much, 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 much cheaper alternative. If you like carrying around six games at a time.
0: I do. I am backing these, whether you or Kel say otherwise. Are you getting one
1: or are you getting multiples?
0: Right now, I've backed for one just to be in the project. Uh, I'm considering two or three only because if I end up not needing them or liking them, I can always kind of use them as a giveaway or a gift or something like that. They're functional and they're cheap. Like this would be a great Christmas present, I think, for gamers. Like I
1: agree, it would be a grab great a couple of these. Christmas present for me.
0: <laughs> You're getting an art book if my scythe ever comes. If
1: <laughs> wait, isn't that my last year's Christmas present? You got to plan ahead.
0: <laughs> Much like the dice tower, I'm always one year behind, Tiff. <laughs> So (laughs) something to note uh, and that might actually change your mind because of the price is the shipping cost. And the reason I didn't say them before is because it's not stock. Uh, It actually increases depending on the number of bags. One bag is four bucks and nine bags, which you can get nine of them. I don't know if you need nine of them, but Christmas presents again, that's a $12. So the more you buy shipping goes up, but it's also the more you're saving individually something else to consider but pick up at gen count is free so if i order these maybe you can just grab them for me tiff
1: yeah i could definitely grab them for you and i'll send them along
0: will you pick them up for me if i buy you a bag i'll add a bag to my pledge level for you
1: yes and you can pick them up for me sold nice i I will easily do that do i get to pick like a color is there there are multiple colors and stuff there
0: are multiple colors Yep, yep i
1: like the original design i think it's super cute the meeples yeah, throwing the gray up all the, the classic pieces yeah
0: it's pretty great so that is game night bags from john rott lots of different uh, pledge levels definitely something to check out if you're into accessories yeah and uh
1: you should buy yeah. one for me <laughs> you should. uh
0: and then i am gonna go ahead and quickly go through two quick mentions before we wrap this up because we've just been gabbing tiff just chatting
1: <laughs> well this is our last podcast as friends so
0: Oh, that's true. Maybe I should prolong it. The first quick mention I want to make is for the Quiver Gaming Gear Premium Playmats. And part of the reason I brought this up is because I love playmats, but I also know that you just bought a giant 3x6 playmat at Origins. I did. And I I wanted you to see what you could have gotten off of Kickstarter. Thanks. What this is (laughs) is from Quiver Gaming Gear. It'll be ending on July 26th. Uh, It's only about... Thirty percent funded. They've got a goal of forty-six thousand dollars. They are selling high-quality, multi-layered play mats. So they've come up with their own propri- proprietary design that has multiple layers of foam and. Um,
1: it's it's a rubber backing and then foam and then the gaming suede. What is it? Gaming? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank
0: you. Sorry. And they actually had previous Kickstarters. They've been selling these mats and other mats and um, other gear before. And the rig thing was like they offer a high quality playing surface to play on. They're less slippery as some other game mats or tables. You can kind of, they I believe they were the ones who were using like the X Wing miniatures thing because you always bump your minis. Well, their play mats, like things don't slide as much. Um, they're really nice. They have a couple of different sizes. You can get a standard playmat for forty-five dollars. You can get a three x three, which uh, is a lot of your standard minis game sizes these days, for one hundred and twenty-nine. And you can go up from there. You can get up to, you know, Tiff's three by six big old playmat for for much much more. They all do have free U.S. shipping. I guess the deal here is, how much do you want to pay for a premium playmat, Tiff? Now you you spent significantly less than this.
1: Yes. <laughs> i did i well and i i bargained too i got a deal on my mat yeah you haggled i haggled but uh (laughs) thank you dan lakata for being so mean to that guy at the booth made me seem so nice seem so nice (laughs) (laughs) but uh no i am super happy with my standard neoprene mat and i know that their whole thing is that these have some nap to them so um it's it's more like professional and what you would see yeah. in casinos and i'm sure that it feels really nice but i kind of like that my mat is slippery i don't play a lot of miniatures games so that's yeah. probably part of it but like when i'm dealing out cards and they're sliding across that mat i kind of like it um <laughs> and this is super expensive i mean to get my same mat we're talking almost 200 and i paid 50 or 60 50 I think for yeah. the one I got at Origins from I think they're called gamer mats and it has a beautiful space scene on it which I'm enjoying playing everything in space now
0: That's actually one of the things that I do like about this project now you know our goal isn't to contrast this and say you should go buy a gamer mat it's just to tell you what else is out there there are a lot of other playmats out there one thing I can say is that I have discovered that I like playing on a playmat surface like you just said I do like, yeah. we played... I I got my big Guild Ball mat, which is specifically for Guild, guild Ball, and it's like a dirty uh, soccer pitch kind of thing, which isn't as much fun as Space. You when should you just play, play
1: everything on
0: it. Yeah, but I, well, what I found was is I really liked playing... We played a couple of different games on it, including a minis game and including board games, and I just liked having that matted surface. So in Quiver's favor, I think that if you don't have a playmat and you can afford it, I like... Playing on a play mat, I think that that's cool. I I think that it enhances the experience in a very trivial way, but in a in a fun way.
1: No, I when I bought my mat at Origins, I was I was immediately in doubt about my purchase. I was like fifty dollars. That's like yeah. the cost. I could get a game for that, and that's always mm-hmm. been my trouble with tables and all these gaming accessories. For as much as I game, I should really not be so weird about spending money on the the accessories that come with it but at the same time it's just like well I like games and when I put that money up against a game it's kind of tough uh but on the other hand if you can contrast this to like say buying a game table it's pretty cheap yeah Yeah. so and I'm sure they're really nice I just want to touch one
0: yeah I'm sure I I have never seen them in person but I can imagine if they're like that you know casino table surface or something like that they're like high quality i'm sure that they feel great and another pro is that if you don't like uh space scenes or muddy bloody soccer fields (laughs) like i have you these are you can get them in plain and they have kind of like this textured design to them but they're plain colored and you don't have to play every game in space
1: I chose to get a space. I, well,
0: but one. The, it is kind of the most common thing because it is for these miniatures games and like all the Star Wars games and things like that. Space is a very common playmat theme that you will find especially for the larger ones. You don't you don't get a lot of larger plain mats right. like these. So that's that's a boon in their direction. A
1: lot so. of the neoprene ones you can get custom you can yeah. either get it plain or you can get your own graphics on it if you wanted to. So yeah. there is that. A but... giant
0: TIFF face.
1: <laughs> I kind of want to get my Board of Education logo on one. I think that would be cool for my videos. But maybe... Yeah, we
0: have league playmats, but I would love a giant league playmat. Yeah.
1: That'd well, so cool. I think this is worth checking out, especially if you have a lot of disposable income.
0: Yeah, yeah, worth it. Uh, The other project that we're going to quick mention is the Casual Games Insider. This is from Chris James and Stratus Games, ending on August 8th. They are almost funded, a little over 80%, and what this is is a gaming magazine. So magazines are not all dead, I promise you, and Casual Games Insider is actually doing really well, in case you don't want to read White Dwarf or uh, things like that that are about miniatures games. This is actually about, you know, lighter games, the board games that we play. They have a lot of good interviews and articles and features. It's well-produced. You can get four digital issues for 12 bucks. You can get digital and print issues for 25 bucks. And then if you're also a publisher or a media company like we are or anything like that, you can actually sponsor the magazine and get some ads in the magazine. And I've been surprised by how vast their distribution is they're in barnes and noble they're working on getting into books a million they're in newsstands they're this game gaming magazine is actually pretty popular which is cool to see because i like anything that helps the hobby grow so casual games insider is something to check out especially if you like reading board game media it's it's not as good as us you could just send me 25 dollars and i'll (laughs) i'll I'll give you something guys you should read matt's
1: reviews he's pretty good at
0: it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're free you don't have to spend any money no i don't you want to take away spend- from i don't want to take away from casual games insider it is a great magazine check it out uh and th- and then check out my reviews they should you hire you both.
1: they should steal you from the league
0: well i could do both one day let's go ahead and wrap up the show with a little bit of league news if you head on over to nonsensicalgamers.com you can check out what we've been working on There is a review of Holmes, Sherlock and Mycroft, a game that we've been talking a lot about lately. Uh, Definitely a great two-player game. You can see our thoughts on that. We have a review of Adventureland, the family-style game from Haba, from your favorite Kramer and Kiesling duo. Well, Dan's favorite, but he's in your heart, Tiff, so (laughs) I'll just say you. So
1: I have to like Kramer and Kiesling now, too?
0: It's like 90% of who Dan is, It's Kramer and Kiesling. (laughs) are two other guys
1: 90 percent of (laughs) what dan is are two other totally separate dudes
0: yeah okay uh we also have a review of mystic veil the new card crafting game from aeg you can check that out that should just be hitting stores as this episode releases so check that out see if it's worth buying we also have our what we've been playing blog that comes out every week whenever we can Check out what we've been playing in lieu of the episode when we talk about what we've been playing. So, without any further delay, thank you for joining us for this extended and friendship-ending episode of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. We appreciate you joining us. If you ever want to chat with us, you can do so on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Find us on the BGG Guild number 2077. Ask for some geek gold for a tiny micro ba- uh, meeple shield micro badge. And shout out to Dan Licata for keeping the conversation going. He's got a lot of great topics that he's starting over there and we've been contributing to, so check those out. Find us on Instagram, uh, Nonsensical Gamers. I'm Cinnamon Buns. Tiff is T Bon. But don't go until she posts a picture of her dog in a stroller. No. If you enjoy the show and you want to give us feedback or tell us how well we're doing, how much you love, when tiff tells me to wrap it up exhaustedly itunes reviews google play and stitcher are all appreciated if you want to find us you can do so on twitter tiff how do they chat with you about how long this show goes on
1: <laughs> i am at an gamer finally
0: you could find dan at league nonsense or at scandalous underscore nad keep him company while he's in buffalo And you can find me at Cinnamon Buns. Thank you all for joining us for this extended episode. Join us next week for episode 40-something. Nine? It's been a pleasure. 49, almost to 50. Tiff, say goodbye and take a deep breath.
1: Goodbye. Forever.
0: (sighs) Bye forever.
1: (laughs) Because we're not friends anymore. But you know what else I I found out? out. I can't be friends with Dan either based on his personality. So I don't know. Well
0: welcome to the podcast of nonsensical (laughs) gamers three people who hate each other (laughs) there's science tells us not to do a show together
1: listen we're friends despite science it's fine
0: we've proved the science wrong
1: f f you science